Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I want to welcome each and every one of you back to our series, Unshakable. The truth is, if you're new, then you're right on time because we're really in a two-week period of intro messages, getting us ready for the journey that's going to start next week. I want to look in the camera there, welcome everyone watching online. I want to welcome our McKinney campus streaming with us, our Hazlitt campus. I want to welcome all of those that are in our additional seating here at the Keller campus right now. We want you to know we love you, we want to serve you, and a few months from now, we'll have some more seats at the Keller campus. We're looking forward to that. But let's just put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us. We're excited to have you with us. If you have your Bibles this week, you can turn to Matthew 13, 31. Matthew 13, 31. As I said, we're in this introductory time here. Last week, if you didn't see the message, you need to go online and watch it because it's building. And, and here's the theme. Here's the thesis. You're like, the title is unshakable. And you're like, what, is that? what does that have to do with where I live? Well, here's, here's, here it is in a nutshell. When your life shakes, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When you have those shakings, when you have those things you don't understand, when, when you feel like you're looking for solid footing, there is available, there's an available option to not make yourself the king of your own kingdom to not try to fix your own problems or look to some other source, but to ultimately believe that there's an unshakable kingdom in Jesus that you can stand firm on. And we're going to look at this over several weeks. The New Testament, the theme and thesis of the New Testament scholars unanimously believe is the theme is the kingdom of God. Yet if you ask the average person, maybe even people who have been in church, people who have studied the Bible, what is the kingdom of God? Why is that valuable? How do I actually make that part of my real life? Many people would say, I don't really know. Of course, in our culture, we would never admit that we don't know. We just kind of act like we know. But if you don't know, then it's available for you. And that's what we're gonna do in this series is this theme and this thesis. And, and I want you to know, I've been working on this really for a couple of years. I'm passionate about you getting this because I know it's gonna change how you read your Bible. It's gonna change how you pray. It's gonna change how you build your family. It's gonna change how you go to work. It's gonna, it's gonna have such an impact when you really get this understanding of the kingdom of God. This week, I wanna, I have one main goal this week, and that is I want us to talk about how easy it is to miss it. How easy it is to miss it. You know, you can be an intuitive person, you can be a smart person, you can be a person and yet you can just miss things. I know even as a parent, you know, it's like you're kind of busy and you're like, how did I miss that? Any parent ever been like, whoa, you got by with that one. I usually catch that. I don't know if you've ever had a circumstance at work and you're just like, man, I just didn't see that coming. I just missed that in a relationship or in your work life or maybe you just, you know, you're looking for your reading glasses and they're on your head. There they are. You're just, you're just, they're just hiding in plain sight. 
No matter how good we are, no matter how smart we are, we can have a tendency to miss something that is so important and so glaringly obvious, and Jesus goes to great lengths to help us not miss it. I do wanna encourage you with this, and that is that the kingdom of God is moving among us. We live in a world today where if you allow it to, the feed that's coming your direction will cause you to be discouraged, will cause you to be anxious, will cause you to believe there's no hope, the world is headed to hell in a handbasket, everything is dark, because if it bleeds, it leads, and you can monetize fear, and coming to a feed near you is a bunch of discouraging information, a bunch of negativity, a bunch of challenges, and you can lose sight of the fact that God's moving, that God's still touching people, that God has not stepped off his throne and his kingdom is at work in our world today. So I love to just tell you stories. Wasn't that an encouraging story that we got right there in worship? I'm gonna tell you another one in a minute, but we love to pray together. If you're new to our church, we're, we're a church where we still believe it's important to be the church. This is not an event. This is not a production. It's not just come listen to the songs and the bald guy talk. We're the church. We want to be the church. We want to pray together and, and stand with one another. So that's what we just came out of a season where we were fasting and praying and there's a prayer wall. And, and I love to not just say, hey, here's a lot of the challenges. And if you look, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of challenging things that the people sitting right around you are going through. And it's real. And if you feel alone in that, you're not alone. There's a bunch of people around you that are walking through challenging things in their life. When you look at that wall, you'll get a revelation of that. But it's not just that. It's always encouraging to hear where God moves in a situation. I thought I just pulled a few off the wall. Here's one. I prayed for my dad at Prepare 22. After nine months of praying, they put in their card. It took about nine months. And last fall, my dad gave his life to Christ. Amazing. Amazing. After This one I thought was interesting. After 14 years of praying and crying out, have you ever had one of those things you prayed about a long time and you get discouraged and want to lose hope about? After 14 years of praying and crying out, my little brother accepted Jesus. There's another one there that says, God restored our marriage and now this prepare, we were fasting and praying together. I thought that was so powerful that God brought them back together and here they are giving God the first of their year and fasting and praying and seeking God and praying together. I think that's amazing. One I thought was really cool. After trusting and praying for more than nine years, someone wrote, my brother and sister-in-law just welcomed their miracle baby. I thought that was cool. Can we give God a round of applause for just, he's... He's doing stuff in the lives of people and our goal is we don't wanna miss it. You're like, where does unshakable come from? Hebrews 12, 28 is our theme verse. We're headed to Matthew chapter 13, but this is our anchor verse for this entire series. Hebrews, it's important, what's the context? There's a lot of challenging things going on. There's a lot of people imprisoned for their faith. I know we can a lot of times think we live in the darkest period in human history, but a lot of these people, in the next chapter, it says Timothy just got out of jail, and they have a lot of pressure. There's always people, especially during pressure-filled times. This is, I just want you to get this because as a pastor, I care about you. There's always people when people are scared and scattered and in pressure-filled times that wanna capitalize on that and drag you into the ditch of peripheral things. 
It's always happened even in the Bible. Here people are in prison and they have these Judaizer people who are like, you need to get these deep things. You know, there's all these deep people. They can't live any of the stuff that they actually are deep about, but they want you to get deeper. Is anybody getting saved over in the deep end of your pool? No, but it's deep. Deep. You got to get all these customs. You got to get all this religious stuff to really touch God. They were called Judaizers, and they're fighting this heresy. There's always people wanting to pull you into the ditch to get you off the main thing that really matters. That's why I'm talking to you about the kingdom of God. Don't get pulled into the ditch. Seek first the kingdom. Focus on the kingdom of God. Prioritize what Jesus says is a priority and don't get in there. So they're fighting that. And in the middle of that, I love this verse. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. When I'm shaken, when the world's shaken, when my kids are shaken, when everything around me's shaken, when the economy's shaken, I'm a part of a different kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful. That'll make you thankful. I'm glad my hope is not in the systems of this world. I'm glad I'm, my hope is not in what everybody wants to, I, my hope is in this unshakable kingdom that always has been and always will be. Let us be thankful and so worship God. It's important we get this because when we hear worship, you think it's what we just did. You think it's the songs and the cool pictures. Wasn't that a cool picture of the ocean there? Anyway, I got distracted, but it's like, you think it's all of that. No, the word worship means serve God because we can be a part of this unshakable kingdom because we can have confidence in this unshakable kingdom. Let's just go all in. I want to give you my gifts. I want to give you my talents. I want to give you my whole heart. I want to give you everything about who I am. I want to just so go all in and so worship you acceptably with reverence and awe, okay? That's our theme verse but this week, we're going to talk about how do I not miss that? How do I have that revelation that you seem so passionate about, Pastor Jeff? How do I not miss that? We want to not miss it. You know, the kingdom is moving, though, in the earth. And those of you, how many of y'all not from Texas? Raise your hand. Everybody watching me online. I was like, a lot of y'all. Welcome to the promised land. Where, where, you know, and back in the day, God's kingdom was moving in a greater way, but we sense since we fasted and prayed last week that he's moving again. The Cowboys won their first playoff game, you know? And so it's America's team, you know? And so we're standing in faith and I just want, you know, we've got people in our additional seating. There would be nobody here if the Cowboys were playing right now. So I'm just glad God solved mercy on a pastor who had a word to give his people. None of you would be here. You would be worshiping the cowboys right now, but thank God. I know, I know. I'm with you. You're here. All right. So, so I'm excited about this journey and I'm excited about you getting the guide and I'm excited about you getting in a group and I'm excited about the small groups and the services and us being together over the next few weeks. Um, and, and this recipe works. We've done it for years. And so just, I just want you to, the, the train, boop, boop, it's leaving the station. Make sure you get on it. Because the next few weeks are going to be powerful. This week, though, let's talk about Matthew 13 for a moment. And uh, what you see here, verse 31, it, it, it actually here starts with, he told them another parable. 
You're, you're like, what, what is that? What another parable? He's actually told them in this section of scripture seven parables about the same thing. Anybody feel like you gotta repeat yourself? Some of y'all even feel like this whole journey unshakable. We started showing you videos uh, back in December and, and then we had a video announcement and then the host got up here, do you have a God? Are you in a group? Some of y'all are like, uh-huh. And then I'm up here telling you, get on the train and burn, 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 burn. You're like, y'all just keep telling us and y'all emailed us and then y'all have it on your social media page and you're telling us, let me tell you why. Next week, somebody's gonna show up. You've been here for the last several months. You saw all the VAs and you're gonna, don't be this person. You'll be like, Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> it happens, all right? Don't be that person. But sometimes, how many of you know when something's important, you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. Jesus here says this is so important. Every now and then, Jesus talks about it, and every now and then, he uses his preacher voice and shouts about it. And he says the kingdom is so important, he uses seven parables to say the same thing. I'm gonna give you two and hone in on one. He told them another parable. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, like a mustard seed. A few years ago, we did a series on seeds. We learned this about seeds. Seeds have all the potential in the seed. The seed will do its work. You have to plant the seed. You have to work the process of the seed. You have to water the seed, but you can't make the seed grow and you can't put in the seed what the seed has. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. A seed becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And he told them another parable. <laughs> He's told it seven times. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, the place you find safety and security. He keeps saying it. And so he then goes back to the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, before I go to this last one, which we're gonna hone in on, which I think is very powerful and just mind-blowing, I know some of you, again, you're like nodding your head, maybe watching me out there, you're nodding your head, and you're like, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, I got it, God, Jesus, King, and you, you think you have it, but I'm not doing this just for preacher talk. We're not just trying to be churchy here. I gotta take you on a little history lesson so you understand the magnitude of what Jesus is saying. I gotta take you back a little bit so you understand the scope of the Bible for just a moment, all right? Everybody ready to go on this journey? Let's go all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis, this whole world starts with God creating mankind, and in that place there, he gives them the opportunity to steward it and be fruitful and multiply, but there's no division among families. There's no cancer, there's no brokenness, there's nothing evil in the world. There they are, they walk with God in the cool of the day, they have fellowship with God, they're living in this orderly, blessed, abundant, fruitful kingdom. Amazing right there in the beginning. There's a clear king and there's a clear kingdom in which he allows them to have stewardship over and to be a part of and, and it's amazing and then sin. Then sin enters in and there's a brokenness to the kingdom now and there's separation and there's division and there's challenge and you're like, okay, I got that, pastor. Okay, this is important, you get. And then now 
man is trying to, and God is working his plan, make no mistake, but I want you to see how mankind, it's his desire to get back to that place, that place of peace and prosperity and blessing, and man begins to establish kingdoms. Kingdoms, there's a season of tribes and there's Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and there's tribes and there's land divisions and there's, there's things. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read this section of scripture. It's like, man, there's some crazy stuff in there, man. Crazy stuff. Like brokenness, like, like the Bible's transparent in there. You're just like, that's messed up, man. I just recently was reading Genesis. I'm like, that's messed up. That's Maybe y'all not, I'm telling you, you read the Bible, man, there's crazy stuff in there, man. You're like, what? What? Is that legal to be in the Bible? It's man's attempt. We got to get out of this mess. And they form their tribes. And then in Egypt, there's a Pharaoh and a king and there's a lot of power and it's not good for little kids. And there's problems and division and Moses. And so you've got Pharaohs and you've got places. And then they get out in the wilderness and they're led by prophets and they're led by judges. And, and then there begins to be this longing. We want a king. God, give us a king. If we had a king, they have a king, they have a tribe, they have land, they have, we want a king. Why? Because they have a king. We want a king. Any parents out there? I'm resisting my last child to not have an iPhone. I'm holding the fort. I'm holding it down. I remember Lauren Elizabeth, my third child. I held it as long as I could. You don't need it. I do need it, Dad. No, you don't need it. You'll never, ever again in your life not be attached to that device. So guess what? Draw a picture. <laughs> what? Read a book. Play outside. It's like, go out, do something. You'll never have to be. I said, I said you don't want it. She said, yes, I do. <laughs> I do want it. No, you'll, they'll never, I want it. Why? They have it. Now I'm holding Lanny Kate off. You don't need it. The other day she told me, Dad, I know three-year-olds that have an iPhone. I know five-year-olds. Dad, I'm getting old. I'm gonna be, I'm getting, this is never, I'm getting too old. I need one. I know people four, three. Everybody else has one. You don't need it. You don't want it. I do too. My dad used to say, if everybody jumped off a cliff, Jeff, would you jump off a cliff? I said, if I wanted, I'd be like, yeah. Give us a king. Everybody else has a king. God says, okay. And you know what they end up in? By the end of Saul, David, Solomon, a divided kingdom. They have a divided kingdom. And then they end up way further from where they were. They end up in exile under terrible, tyrannical, ungodly kingdoms of Babylon and Persia and Greeks and Romans. You're like, why, why was this Roman time so challenging? Because then Jesus comes on the scene in Mark and in his first moment of ministry at 30 in the book of Mark, the kingdom of God has now come. Your home, your family, your marriage, what you look at on the internet 
how you handle your sexuality, how you talk to other people, how you treat someone, how you see your work life. There's nothing out there that he doesn't say, mine. So it's all good as long as we keep it compartmentalized, but when he steps up and says, now the kingdom of heaven has come near, that word had never been used before, the etymology of that word. And so they're sitting there going, wait a minute, he's establishing a realm of authority that supersedes every realm of authority. Whoa, 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 whoa. And so the kingdom of God, when we look at it here, Jesus is talking about something that we gotta make sure we know what he's saying. And then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It's like yeast. We're gonna come back to that because we, we gotta get that. Wait a minute, the kingdom of God, that king and realm is like yeast? Okay, that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour last weekend. I'd just come through prepare. We had a big deal with a whole bunch of pastors. And then I preached all the services. And then I did 101 and I stayed till the last person left and shook hands. And I had kind of a preacher hangover in the evening. And what preachers do is why a lot of us get a little bigger because we just, we got to have some therapeutic eating. We eat our feelings on Sunday nights. And so I just felt the Lord drawing me, you know, to a little help. And just you go in the pantry and you just kind of survey. You don't know what you're looking for, but you're just looking for something to help your spirit. Just kind of look around in there. Maybe the Lord will lead you to something. Maybe the Lord has a blessing for the man of God. And I looked, this really happened. I'm not making this up. I looked directly in the front of me in the pantry and I saw this. I saw, listen, this is wrong. It is wrong on so many levels. You have no idea. The devil is now trying to take Oreo double stuff. And I, I looked at that and I had to text a few of my friends. I have failed as the spiritual leader of my house. I have, I've totally just failed here. The gluten-free Oreos, I don't have time to mess with that, but there's so much that needs to be taught about that. But anyway, there is this yeast and there is this flour and there's a whole lot of flour and there's a little bit of yeast. You're like, why are you telling us this? Because we may not know what Jesus is saying. Yeast is microbiology. We're talking about fungi. We're talking about fungi that start to get together and you don't even know it's in there until a million of them clump up. And when a million of these yeast fungi get together, they start clumping up. The word yeast means to bubble. It means to foam. And so they're getting together and there's a million there. I want to show you a little gif of what happens here. Like there's a lot of dough and then there's like this yeast and this yeast clumps up. And man, it starts making stuff happen and change. And it's like, you're like, why are you telling us this? Let's go back. Seven parables, I'm telling you the same thing. You have an opportunity to miss it. I wanna finish my time by telling you actually some encouraging things as you see it. See, Jesus knows we have the opportunity to miss it, so he goes to great lengths to say, don't miss it. I wanna make sure you see it, and if you miss it, again, there's a lot that you'll be frustrated by if you don't do what I'm doing, get on my plan, get on my system, focus on what I'm focused on. Here's three things I think that'll encourage you. Here's how we can kind of miss it. Number one, we think big and God's kingdom starts small. I'm talking about just a little bit of yeast. 
60 pounds of flour. My mom has a cooking blog. My mom will outcook your mom. My mom <laughs> will make some cinnamon rolls. They are not gluten-free. They are weighted. You could kill somebody with one of those things. They are weighted, and there's so much goodness and power on top of those. And I don't know if y'all remember your mom's pantry, but you go up in your mom's pantry, and she had like a lot of flour and a lot of sugar, not stevia. She had sugar, <laughs> grain sugar. She had it in there, and before the devil stole that, she had Crisco. Can I get an amen in the house of God? And then she had that little pack of Fleischmann's. Anybody remember these? Big old deal of flour, big old deal of sugar, big old deal of lard, little bit of yeast. The Bible shows us God spoke the world into existence. His word, something small. The world, a major, major moment, but started with spoken words. Did you know your attitude in the kingdom, your words in the kingdom, your heart in the kingdom, that secret place that nobody sees, where you're really at. You know if you're all in or kinda in or one foot in. You know if you're just trying to sprinkle Jesus on what you already want want to do, and you know, you're like, pastor, are you really saying that something as small and simple as saying, I'm all in, could affect something big? Absolutely. Never, ever, ever underestimate the power of a fully submitted man, fully submitted woman, a fully submitted young person. We have them in this church where their families don't even serve God and they come here and get touched and say, I'm all in. And just a little seed from a 13-year-old, just a little bit of yeast can change an entire generation. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit of yeast. Just a fully submitted life, yes. Jesus didn't come as full grown, he came as a baby. Jesus talked about yeast and seeds and small, and there's some suddenlies in the Bible, but I'm gonna tell you, most people that are really seeing the kingdom are not as focused on the outcomes or trying to turn God into a cosmic genie to touch what they're doing. They're just saying, I'm gonna wake up every day and seek first your kingdom. There's no part of my heart. See, the problem with those other kingdoms and why Jesus shook it up the, this kingdom's not compartmentalized. Oh, it's over all of it. It starts small, so we miss it. Just, just that small thing, that hidden place. God, I'm gonna give you my heart every day. I'm gonna read your word and do it. I'm gonna give myself to you, that little small place. You know where you are. And we just say, Lord, I'm gonna give it to you. No one's seeing it, but I'm gonna give it to you. Big things come on the backside of that. Big stuff comes on the backside of that. Here's number two. We think you have to see it because we believe if you see it, then you can believe it. God's kingdom is working when you can't see it. 60 pounds of flour and a little bit of Fleischmann's, you can't see it. Where did it go? I, I, I can't see it. And, and I want to speak to somebody right now, maybe watching me online or wherever you're at. And you, be, you can get discouraged because 
I don't see any indicators. And the pastor's saying, well, let's pray and let's seek God. And, and I do pray and, and God knows my heart and, and I haven't seen anything yet. Don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary in doing well. Just keep on seeking that kingdom of God. You're like, Jeff, God hasn't changed my boss and God hasn't changed this authority in my life and he hasn't changed my mother-in-law and he hasn't given me a change here and, and, and I wanna see, see we, we look for the externals. Well, if I had the right boss, if I had the right president, if I had the right mayor, if I had the right teacher, if my kid had the right teacher, he'd get a scholarship. You know what your kid needs to forget about who his teacher is and work on his heart. Work on the seed. Work on waking up every day and putting your heart right and saying, God, I'm submitted to you and you hold my future and you hold my destiny and I don't have to see it to believe it. I believe it by faith. The kingdom life is a faith life. I believe it's working even when I can't see it. 2020, there's a worship song that's swept the globe. 2020, kind of a miraculous timing. You may have heard it before. We've sung it here. Waymaker, miracle worker. It was written by a Nigerian gospel singer that wrote this song and then picked up in the U.S. And in a time when everybody's world was shaking, this song hit the planet. It won Dove Awards. It became, all of you, it's like, it's kind of in our Playlist and churches start singing it. Waymaker, miracle worker, and no one's asked my opinion because I don't usually write much for worship blogs. They don't ask my opinion, the bald guy. But if they did ask my opinion, no one has asked my opinion. No one has. No one sought me out. Could you comment on why this song, preacher, was so good? I'll tell you this: I go to a lot of I, I go to a lot of worship services. I'm not a you know, professional worship service guy. I do a lot of them. And I've said in services when that song is sung, and if they ask my opinion, I would say the reason it swept the globe is this line. Even when I don't see it, you're working. I've said in services, and when that's sung, I feel the whole crowd lean in. Even when I don't see it, there's something so encouraging about even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. There's something about those words that you just want to sing. Whatever I'm going into, whatever I'm coming out of, whatever I'll face, even if I don't see it, you're working. You're working. Here's number three. By the way, 1 Corinthians, I love it, 2.9. Isaiah 64 is what Paul's quoting. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Those who will love him, those who will love his kingdom, those that will love what he loves and hate what he hates and stand in a dark generation and world to say, I'm all in for God. Let me tell you, there's, there, you can't fathom what he has prepared for those who love him. Here's the third thing. We think it's one small area. When you think about the kingdom of God, maybe you just think church. Maybe you think religion. Had a guy the other day tell me, he says, well, preacher, I'm just not very religious. I said, good. Because that's not the goal. Religion is an outward response, a behavior modification of religiosity that you can kind of keep in a box. 
You know why the devil wants everybody to be religious? Because religion can be contained. Religion's what you do on Christmas and Easter so you can be a priester, right? So you go a couple times a year, you know what I'm saying? You just kind of like, I'll stream a few messages and put a fish on my car and I'll just kind of like hang around this stuff a little bit. And that's why the world looks at us and says, but you don't really believe it. You're not really in it. You're not really sold out to it. And they're like, y'all are, that, that's just where those codependent people go and hang out, you know, and get a little motivation from the guy who talks and play their songs, you know, and their rock music today is Jesus, Jesus. And that's like for those people, because all that you can contain. You can keep it in the church house. You can keep it in the, in the classroom. You can keep it, you can contain it. But I'm gonna tell you, God's kingdom, that yeast starts bubbling up. By the way, if you put heat on it, it starts bubbling faster. If you cool it down, it doesn't multiply as fast. But if you get it in the right temperature where there's a little heat, you put a little prepare on it. You just fast a little bit. You just lean in a little bit. You just worship. The little bit of heat will make it start up and you can't stop it. It starts spreading. It starts having rapid expansion. It starts spreading everywhere and you can't contain it. You, you can't stop it. You're like, why is that important, Pastor? It's encouraging because that means it can touch your family. It can touch your coworkers. It can touch your friends. There's no place that's too short for God's arm to get to because he's yeast in the dough. His kingdom is in there and it's moving and touching and doing things beyond what we can ever ask, think, or imagine, or see. He's moving and it's spreading. I saw an example of this even in my life. I, I love to tell you stories because I show you we're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're just a group of people who just want to love Jesus, be in to what he's into, focus on what he said to focus on, and, and, and the great commandment to love God and love each other, and the great commission to go and make disciples and do what he said. And Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. So we're trying not to get in the ditch and focus on what Jesus is focused on and the power of his spirit to fuel that and heat it up and, 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 and God's moving. God's touching people. So I just love to show you how his kingdom is, is impacting people. Here's, here's a story I want to show you in a minute. Here's how this happened. Last week, I always say I love that we're in a church where we've got recent stories, right? This is last week. Last week, my friend calls me. He calls me and he says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I have a customer, been my customer for like six years. I called him. We're talking about business stuff. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about how Jesus has like changed his life. And he's like talking about all these crazy things. And Jesus touched me and, and all that. And then I'm like, well, what, where, where did it happen? He goes, well, I was going to Milestone Church. And he's like, well, man, look, I'm, I, I go there. And, and, and so he was sharing this with me and I was just real encouraged, man. This guy, this God had touched him. The, the yeast got on him. The, 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 it spread to him, you know? And, and, and then I, I, I came to church and then I found out that this guy went to a baptism class and one of our pastors, Pastor Steve Pulley, who's in our pastoral care area, we have a text thread as pastors and he put a video that I'm about to show you that he just kind of did. And, and he's not a professional video guy, but he just kind of like took this thing and, and, and he put it on our thread. And, and I was sitting there going, I think that's the guy. I think it's the guy that my friend was talking about. And I'm like, whoa. And so then I'm standing out there shaking hands with people and, and this guy comes up to me and starts telling me, you're not gonna believe this, man. I just, this is what happened. I just wanted to meet you and tell you about my story. And I'm like, you're the guy. 
that's the guy. Hey, that's the guy. Because the kingdom's spreading. Oh, that's the guy that I heard about from my friend who is a customer who they were encouraging each other. The same guy that came to baptism class, same guy that came to talk to me because the kingdom is moving in the dough. I thought I'd show you his story because I think it's really encouraging. Watch this with me. Hey, this is Tyler Rogan. It's December, it's January 14th, 2023. Tyler, you've had so much that God's been doing in your life, man. Unbelievable the last few weeks. Can you talk a second about your mother passed away January the 1st? What do you want to say about that, man? Uh, it was rough. And, um, you know, it's crazy the timing that this happened because I've had a lot of other things going on in my life. Um, got a new baby that's going to be born in June, coming my way. And um, just before this, I've been taking the steps toward letting God into my heart and accepting um, Jesus as my Savior. And so the timing of that um, was interesting because it, it was very difficult. And um, it's a point to where I'm glad that, I, that it happened when it did. Because You're talking about your mother's passing? Yes, yes, my mother's passing. Um, I just feel like um, that did give me ease uh, knowing that I'm not alone and it's not just me and my sadness. And I'm very grateful that I've been a part of Milestone Church and that the timing has come when it is. How long have you been a part of Milestone? Uh, we've been coming for about two years. Um, honestly, I've kind of been one of the guys that's showing up to church to to listen and, you know, maybe pick something up here and there. And, you know, my, my wife is, uh, a committed Christian. And a part of that was being here for her and kind of showing face for my, my 10 year old daughter. And, um, honestly, there were a couple services. I might cry a little bit. (laughs) Come on. I might cry with you, brother. You're doing good, man. You talking about prepare services? You came to prepare. Talking about prepare. Prepare. First time I prepare. First time through that. You ever fasted before? And um, I fasted for you know health reasons to lose weight and things like that. Never for God. Never for God. I didn't even I didn't even know that was a thing to be honest with you. You had a couple of messages at the services. What happened? So um, actually, I had a couple messages or a couple of entire services um, where. Um, and, and oddly enough, I'd come without my wife to church, and um, she just couldn't make it. But uh, I swear that the services, it seemed like they were specifically speaking to me, and I couldn't believe at how accurate. And the service seemed tailor-made for me, and I just felt like everybody else there was listening, and like they were there like I normally was, but today was my day. And I couldn't believe it. Everything was so specific that, um, and so this was the beginning of me starting to question, like, what's going on here? And so, um, and you came to the baptism class tonight, the baptism class. And man, come on, what happened at the class? Tonight I got saved. You got saved, man. What'd you, what'd you do? What'd you do? (laughs) Oh, I've accepted Jesus as my savior. Um, and, um, I've confessed that I know that he did raise for the grave too. How do you feel, man? How do you feel tonight? I feel good. Uh, It's it's so strange that I have a physical feeling with this. What's it feel like? um, I I feel lighter. I feel lighter. Isn't that amazing? Let's stand on our feet.
I've heard that so many times, it still amazes me. I, I feel lighter. I feel lighter. Why, why does someone feel lighter? You know why? Because you're trying to be the king of your own kingdom. You're trying to fix your own problems. You're trying to get self-help and self-sufficiency. You got your sin, you got your guilt, and then you, you exchange all that for what Jesus paid the price for. You get his life, you get his freedom, you get washed white as snow. I'm gonna ask everybody, if you would, to bow your head. No one to move around for just a moment unless it's an emergency. No one, no one move for just a moment. We're closing the service. I believe maybe right there in our additional seating or online or maybe someone watching this message later, this, this moment, maybe it's like Tyler, like this is your moment. And, and, you're, and you're saying, I, I, I just need to submit to his lordship. I just need to make him Lord of my life. Like I want him to totally take the reins of my life, become my king, my my, my rule and reign and leader. And I just, Jeff, I just want to, I just want to surrender. Well, you can do that. And it's not about the eloquence of your words, right where you are. It's it's really about just your heart. You just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. I commit my life to you. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the dead, and I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask everyone just keep your heads bowed. I'm going to ask you to let us know. Come forward at the end of the service. Fill out a card. Come to Discovery 101 so we can help you start your journey. But I believe maybe there's some of you who say, Jeff, I may have missed it. I may have kind of compartmentalized a little bit. I may have just kind of thought of it as religious. I, I, I may have missed, and, and I want to I want, to, I want to let that seed of the kingdom really go into my heart. I, I don't want to miss it. I want, to, I want to walk out God's purpose and God's plan for my life. So Lord, I, I, just, I just ask you, just, just maybe even right where you're at, just say, Lord, I don't want to miss it. I, I don't want to miss your kingdom. I don't want to miss what you're doing. I, I don't want a peripheral plan or a side plan or plan B. I want, I want your desire, your plan. So Lord, I surrender myself to you afresh and anew. I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things will be added. I'm not looking for the big, I'm looking for the small. I'm, I don't have to see it, I know it's working. Lord, I know it's spreading. And I say, Lord, let your kingdom come in my life, in my heart. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.